Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Michael Bratton of that SEC podcast, friend of the show, and it's been a while, Mike, but as always, appreciate you joining us, man. How you doing? Hey, doing great. Thanks for having me. Well, I, I, it's always good to talk with you, and I know that well, we'll get into some of the specific games going into this weekend and, and looking at the SEC in general, but uh, looking at it right now, though, I see that last time we talked to you, we mentioned about who's the best teams or who could be able to maybe do some things and maybe upset some people, but it still looks like it's going to be Alabama and Georgia heading into the SEC title game. Do you see either of these teams losing another game the rest of the way until they meet each other in the SEC championship game? Yeah, I mean, I certainly think Georgia uh, is vulnerable, uh, but strangely enough, I I still think they're a lot better than Alabama, but their path to Atlanta, not that it's the odds are against it by any means, but having to go to Tennessee next week and, and even this week, I think a lot of people are underrating just how big of a upset potential we have with uh, with Ole Miss riding into town because Judkins, I think, is the best running back in the country, and he's, they've really started to get him rolling there in Oxford. And if they have success against the Georgia Bulldogs, I mean, just put the team on his back. And I don't know, I, I really have a, a, a feeling like Ole Miss can – Rolling the Athens this weekend and pull off the upset. If Ole Miss does find some advantages, their offense against that Georgia defense, where where are those areas? You mentioned Judkins there. You know that's kind of how Ole Miss goes by the running game, and they're they're good passing it. They can do a lot of different things, but if there's something they're trying to exploit with Georgia, what what are they looking to do? Well, I think the number one thing, uh, Joe, is not even. Junkins or, or any of the personnel because Georgia just has better talent than, than Ole Miss. They have better talent than pretty much anybody short of uh, Alabama. So at, at least SEC teams are talking about. But where Ole Miss can get a real advantage is that tempo. And Kirby, credit Kirby and, and Nick Saban because those two, they don't have their team fake injuries like we've seen so many others do. They, they're, I guess they're just more prideful or they know they can stop it regardless, but uh, I think that tempo, that's the great equalizer in a matchup like this. If Ole Miss can just get that initial first down, they go warp speed. You mentioned some of the receivers that they didn't have early in the season, like Trey Harris. He's uh, top five in the SEC. and re- I think he's six or seven in receiving yards, but he's top five in touchdowns. Uh, Priest Corn is a transfer tight end from Memphis. He was not available the first month of the season. He's been instrumental. Jackson Dart's got a lot of weapons to work with here uh, in this offense. So I, I think the tempo is, is the great equalizer in this potential matchup. So, Mike, I, I'm curious because there's a lot of uh, you know different people that probably have a, a claim to it, but you mentioned a few teams that have done pretty well, and I know Ole Miss has uh, done really well too. But if you were going to have an SEC Coach of the Year right now, if the season ended right now and you had a vote on it, who would be your SEC Coach of the Year at this point in time? If I'm doing it right now, I'm giving it to Eli Drinkwood. But I think that'll change because I'm not very confident that they're going to win out. And that's I'm not saying that just for your audience because obviously they they still have to play Missouri and they get them in, at home, thankfully. But uh, t- this Tennessee game is I, – I mean, I'm really split on it. But even Florida next week, a team that's going to have its backs against the wall, I mean, these are all losable games for Missouri. So my answer would – potentially change here in just a couple of weeks but 
I've always voted coach of the year based on who has exceeded expectations, and I don't think there's any doubt that he was on probably the hottest seat in the SEC, even had his fans booing the team coming out uh, against Kansas State. So uh, a lot of these fans were over him. Now they want him to stay forever. That's just the way fandom works. But exceeding expectations, I think it's Missouri. I think it's Drinkwood's coach of the year right now. It's also interesting, Mike, with uh, the power rankings that you put out every week. You have Ole Miss at two. So the matchup that is coming up with Georgia Ole Miss, you have them rank one, two in your power rankings for this week, followed by Missouri at three and then Alabama at four. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I'm still the only one still doubting Alabama. I get it. They're playing better and better every week. But I still think, uh, you know, if they didn't knock Jaden Daniels out of that game, they, they could have lost it. So, now, they've been dominant in the second half against the likes of Ole Miss, A&M, Tennessee, and obviously last week against LSU. But I also would argue that I don't think a truly elite team is getting down to all these teams because none of those teams I just mentioned short of Ole Miss which is playing better now than they were back then. They only scored 10 points in that game. They, that was the, the first game for Priest Corn. Junkins was hurt. Trey Harris didn't suit up in that game. There was a lot of things going against Ole Miss in that game. But, yeah, I, I think this is the, the matchup of the best two teams in the SEC right now, Ole Miss at Georgia. Speaking with Michael Bratton of that SEC podcast here on Out of Bounds, Mike, a game that some people circled before the year started, and I kind of chuckled at it because it was mainly uh, Kentucky fans and Kentucky media people. But Alabama's going on the road to Kentucky this weekend. Now, Kentucky's 6-3. and three. They've uh, lost some games they felt like they probably shouldn't have. And you mentioned about Alabama maybe being a little bit vulnerable. But is this a game at all that you think uh, Kentucky has a chance in? And, or, I mean, are you giving them any sort of legitimate shot to knock off the Alabama Crimson Tide this year and be the first SEC loss for the Tide? No. <laughs> And I know that makes for boring radio because I, I was among those people probably you were talking about, John, because I, I thought Kentucky could give them a game, but Kentucky has is, is not lived up to the height. Uh, Devin Leary, their quarterback, he is playing better than probably he's played all season, but it's a little too little too late for me. Uh, Kentucky can't run the ball. And when they can against teams like Florida, uh, you know, they, they whooped Florida because they ran all over them, but that's essentially the only game where they, they kind of ran wild against an SEC opponent. So I don't think they're going to have any success facing Alabama's defense. So I, I do wonder Alabama the last couple of years, they do struggle on the road. I think the SEC gave them a, a big favor by making this a noon road game. I think they made, they gave Georgia a favor here by making it a night game. It's just it's comical to me how the, the SEC seems to cater to uh, these a couple select few. What do you think of the way that Jalen Milrow has played lately? Do you think that is a case of him getting better, or is it more about the coaches conforming to what he does best and and just you know making the best of the offense from what he can do? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it could be a little bit of both, and he certainly is just taking his game to another level. But clearly, they're they're utilizing him in, in ways that are, that he's much more comfortable than they were earlier in the season when they were asking him to, uh, you know, sit back there and kind of pick apart defenses. They're really not doing that short of uh, the Texas A&M game. He's, he still seems to be, you know, about a one-read quarterback. He's, he's got probably the best deep ball in the SEC. He's short of Jaden Daniels. He's probably the most dangerous running quarterback 
in the SEC at this moment as well. So uh, I, I think it's a little bit of all of the above. And if you want to talk about most improved player, at least from start to finish in the SEC, I think it has to be Jalen Milrow. So, Mike, I got to ask you about Arkansas because, I mean, they beat Florida on the road last weekend in overtime, which ended up being a pretty entertaining game. Uh, got their first SEC win and ended that SEC streak, losing streak, or just streak in general. It was that six games. You know, Danny Eno's no longer the OC, but they ended up scoring quite a bit of points. Now they have Auburn coming to town, which Auburn's not a horrible team, but they're not a great team either. Do you think after that Florida game, that Arkansas finally finally has figured it out. Now it's gonna they're gonna get rolling and they're gonna finish strong. Or do you still need to see a little bit more of what they do against Auburn this weekend before you start believing in their turnaround? I don't know if you guys saw this, but I shared this. Uh, I saw online fans were wondering if KJ and Rocket can sue Dan Enos for uh, affecting their draft stock. But uh, I, I mean, they're clearly they're joking. But you know that's a, that's a reality. Both those guys were hurt tremendously in that offense and going back to a little bit more wide open approach, getting more hurry up, more, more of that tempo that I think KJ is so comfortable with. I think it gives Arkansas a real shot in this game, but it's very hard to read Auburn because I spent a lot of time watching them this week against uh, Mississippi state and Vanderbilt, their last two opponents. And, yeah, they, they outclassed them, but I, I really think that says more about Mississippi State and Vanderbilt. They're just god-awful. Those are the two worst teams in the SEC right now. So I, I just don't know what to make of Auburn. And, and I'm still not a big fan of their quarterback, Peyton Thorne, threw a really bad pick six last week inside the five-yard line. That's inexcusable for Vanderbilt last week. So I do favor Arkansas, but I kind of need to see it at least one more because I don't think Florida is, is that great either. So, you know, what, was last week a mirage? I don't think it was because it, it looked like the old KJ to me for the first time basically all season. So, you know, I'm hopeful for Razorback fans that uh, they can string this together because if they beat Auburn, you know they're going to beat FIU. And uh, I, I give them an excellent shot to beat Missouri, even though Missouri's top 15 in the country right now. For this game with Arkansas-Auburn, if Arkansas does what, they go on to win. If Auburn does what, they go on to win. I think for Arkansas, it's all about shutting down Jarquez Hunter, Auburn's outstanding running back. Uh, he had something like 128 yards and three carries last week against Vanderbilt. Again, it's Vanderbilt. So, But he, he's a really dynamic player. I just told you, I'd, you know, I don't have a ton of faith in Peyton Thorne. I don't, I don't have much faith in Auburn's receivers either. So, they do have a very good defense. Got to corral that running game of Auburn. That's critical for Auburn, excuse me, for Arkansas to have success against Auburn. And I think Auburn wins it if, uh, you know, we just go back to the same old, same old ineffective offense. And I still can't get over there. They scored three points against Mississippi State. If Arkansas reverts back to that and say they only, you know, it's not going to be that bad, but let's say they only get 13, 14 points in this game. I think Auburn can steal one from them. Speaking with Michael Braden of that SEC podcast here on Out of Bounds. And, Mike, I kind of agree with you. And just looking at this game, too, but we know there's a history between these two teams where it's always been pretty wacky. Uh, Arkansas's only won twice in the past 10 years. One of them was when Brian Harson was a lame duck coach. The other one was a quadruple overtime game back in 2015. They've had officiating gaps. You've had uh, crazy endings. You've had come-from-behind victories. It just hasn't favored Arkansas that much. 
So uh, just looking at the, the history of these two teams, when you think of an Arkansas and Auburn game, what's kind of the game or maybe the player or whatever, what stands out to you when you think about Arkansas and Auburn? I mean, I hate to say it, but it, to me the one that stands out is just that stupid backward uh, spike. I mean, never in my life have I seen such a thing, and, and they didn't call it a fumble. I mean, I don't, I don't know how you, you can do that. Uh, there's obviously the, the Gus Malzahn saga and all his connections to the state of the Arkansas. I mean, that stands out as well. But, you know, at some point, you're right, they've had a lot of poor luck, if you want to call it that, against Auburn. And I believe before last season, Auburn had their longest streak in the entire series going uh, into last season. But at some point, that's got to flip the other way. And, And who knows, maybe Auburn is the better team on Saturday. You could easily talk me into that. But uh, maybe a couple of those fluky things happen in Arkansas's favor. And uh, like I said, I I think those things tend to even out over time. Getting towards the end of the season, we're starting to look at college football for projections with the playoff. So for the SEC, do you think it's more likely that the SEC gets two teams in or zero teams in? What would be more likely? Yeah, I hate to say it, Joe. I'm the biggest SEC guy homer out there, but I think the answer is more likely zero. Now, I I don't think that'll happen. I, you know, I think it's almost guaranteed they'll get one. But I just don't see any way that they get two in because even if Georgia goes undefeated and they lose to Bama in the, in the SEC championship, I think the committee's already said you know they they don't have the resume. They're they're not number one in the committee's ranking. And and yeah, beating Ole Miss would be nice. Beating Tennessee would be nice, but. I just don't think they're going to put in Georgia if they are not undefeated. They're certainly not going to put in Alabama if they lose to Georgia in the SEC championship. And even Ole Miss, if they were to do the unthinkable and, and win in Athens and win out, I, I, I think that committee's got, you know, they've done that to Alabama before. They didn't, Alabama didn't even win the West. They put them in the playoff for some reason. But I, they tend to favor name brands, I feel like. And, Ole Miss sitting there at nine, they'd probably climb up to six if they beat Georgia, maybe five. But I just don't think they'd have it in them to put in an Ole Miss, not a name brand, into the top four that didn't win their division. Now, I don't think that's right, but I don't think they would put them in. So, Mike, I'm also curious, too, about what you're talking about, Arkansas and other teams in the SEC. Who would you say has been a bigger disappointment this year? Is it Arkansas or has it been South Carolina? Because both teams had some – I'd say high expectations. Both teams felt like they were going to take steps forward and kind of build upon what they did last year, but neither team has really looked good and, ha- and had their moments. So between those two teams, who would you say is the bigger disappointment so far? I would probably say Arkansas just because, you know, all off season we talk about this team. I, the thing that I kind of harped on was, well, if they just have a confident defense, this could be a really good team. And, I think they have a more than confident defense. I, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of stunned at the turnaround on that side of the ball, but clearly it's been the offense, and, and I'm still a big K.J. fan. I don't think he was the problem, but with K.J., with Rocket, I know Rocket got hurt, but with Sam Pittman, a Sam Pittman coach team, you just never would assume that the offensive line was going to be as pathetic as it's been this season. With a competent defense, you could have convinced me this is a nine-win team. And, yeah, I mean, a couple breaks go here or there. I, I don't think they would have come close to being a nine-win team, but they're probably a, maybe a six-win team already. 
it's they've not that I thought they were going to be world beaters by any means, but just kind of how how we got to where we're at. I've just been really disappointed with Arkansas, in particularly that offense. Now, because there are three games left, there's a lot to be worked out, Mike. But what do you think of the position that Coach Pittman is is in as we get in a stretch run to end the season? In terms of uh, like his job security, yes. Like, I mean, what happens? What what has to happen? You know, whether you know either way that you possibly could be thinking, what has to happen down the stretch here? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think if he loses to Florida International, I think you got to fire him. And I hate to say that, you know, because I'm assuming if he's losing to them, he's losing to all these teams. So. But I, I don't think that will happen. I mean, I, I, I think they're going to beat Auburn. I think they'll beat FIU. And if they lose to Missouri, which is not a guarantee by any means, but I don't think you, you let him go. I think you bring him back because he's – you know, here's the thing with Pittman. He's just – he's so dependent on nailing coordinator hires. And I thought he had the best coordinator duo in the SEC the last couple of years. And, and more often than not, it, you know, they, they won – a lot of big big games. So they they did a lot better than most people thought they would do, and and clearly he made a huge mistake at the offensive coordinator position this year, and it and it bit him big time, and, and it may cost him his job. But I think he again with Travis Williams, he, that's another great hire he made. So given his track record, I I think he as long as he can fix this situation, maybe maybe it's Kenny Guyon. I don't know, but whoever the next offensive coordinator, I, I think that's going to be the hire that determines. Sam Pittman's uh, fate there in Fayetteville. So I really think he's coming back unless they just lose out uh, this regular season. All right, Mike, I know you're an SEC guy, but i got to ask you, what, what do you think the end result ends up being from this Michigan thing and stealing signals and all that? Because I've gotten a kick out of it. It's gotten ridiculous. But what do you think ends <laughs> up actually being the final result of all this? Yeah, I mean, it, it, you're right. It's pretty wild. I, I don't even follow it, and yet I follow it because it's just everywhere. So – it's it's impossible to avoid, but you know the thing that I think is kind of the most damning, John, is we've not heard Harbaugh deny any of this, and their defense seems to be everybody's doing it, yeah, but not to the level to which Michigan was doing it, and even the the staffer involved, the Stallions guy, I mean, he had to resign. Why why did he have to resign if they were not doing anything they were not supposed to be doing? So. Um, I I have no clue what the final result of this is going to be, but I think Harbaugh's time in Michigan is clearly coming to an end because it's just one thing after another. He's already been suspended. I mean, I think people forget that because of all this other stuff, but he was suspended to start the season. Uh, I I think he's off to the NFL here in a couple weeks, and I I don't think they're going to make Michigan ineligible or anything like that, but... Harbaugh's probably going to get suspended again. He may be the only coach ever that's been suspended twice in one season. Should be a very entertaining regardless. Michael Bratton of that SEC podcast. As always, Mike, we appreciate it. Have a great weekend, man. We'll catch up with you later down the road. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, guys.